Would you join me in prayer? Open our hearts to your light. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Well, Advent is meant to be a quiet time. And as we continue to sort out the joys and challenges of Hurricane Ida (laughs) and our lighting system, it just adds to the ambiance, doesn't it? Kind of quiets us and soothes us (laughs) in the darkness. Advent begins in the softness of darkness. It is perhaps that darkness, that softness of the womb that prepares life to be born anew. While there is stillness, there is vitality. While there is a knowing of new life that is forming, there is also a profound unknowing of what that life will be like. Rilke, in his book of hours, says this about darkness. You darkness of whom I am born, I love you more than the flame that limits the world to the circle it illumines and excludes all the rest. But the dark embraces everything. Shapes and shadows, creatures and me, peoples and nations, just as they are. It lets me imagine a great presence stirring beside me. I believe in the night. There is this darkness that surrounds all of us, which is the darkness not of fear or of foreboding, but of great expectation of what might be. In our own lives, there may be things that are so unknown and perhaps fearful, and yet the invitation of Advent is to see that there is something that God is creating that has not yet been born. But it does take great hope, does it not? Jim Wallace, the editor and creator of Sojourner, says, hope is believing despite the evidence and then watching the evidence change. Let me say that again, because that's a powerful one. Hope is believing despite the evidence, and then watching the evidence change. Or Tagore, a great poet from Bangladesh, says, faith is the bird that feeds the, that feels the light, and sings while the dream is still dark. Faith is the bird that feels the light, and sings while the dawn is still dark. We need not, my friends, be afraid of the unknown. 
The unknown of the Holy One is an unknown that is filled with compassion, with healing, with possibilities perhaps we hadn't yet imagined. But this time of Advent is the season that we are preparing not for the Christmas party, okay? <laughs> not for the hundred thousand things that we do to get ready for Christmas. Advent is the season when we prepare our hearts for something new to be born. We may have ideas of what we want it to look like. We may have ideas of what we want church to look like, family to look like, work to look like, nation to look like. If we can let go of those and be open to the possibilities of God doing something completely new, will it disturb us? Yes. <laughs> will it trouble us? What do you think I'm going to say? Yes. Will it make us uncomfortable? Yes. Might it peeve us off a little bit? Yes. Well, we want it all to be fixed exactly the way we want it to be. What am I going to say? Yes. Is that how God works? Not always. I'd even say more often than not, God's work in Advent season and many seasons is to stir us up, stir the pot so that we can discern what really God is calling us to and to have the courage to explore and to experiment and to step fully into it. Amen? We may find ourselves living in a way that is very different than we imagined and yet is so full of freedom to love and to live and to serve and to care and to be filled with compassion that our hearts just break open. There are two key players, well, there are many key players. I want to talk about two key players to Advent. John the Baptist and Mary. As you will probably hear me say every week, Mary is not meek and mild, right? She is a fiery, persistent, courageous woman. We're going to talk about her all Advent. But John the Baptist, there's this, in one of the gospel stories, Jesus sees John the Baptist coming down, and, and, or John the Baptist sees Jesus coming down and says, he, meaning Jesus, must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. Now let us not hear that as I must decrease as in I am not important or beloved, but meaning that there is so much that Jesus offers and brings in his teaching and in the presence of Christ to our lives that as Jesus in our lives, Christ in our lives increases, that egoic sense of the self the one who has to th have things exactly how he or she wants or desires is, 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 is um, diminished isn't the right word, but is, has less power. And we become more free to live a life of love. 
If you are looking for a wonderful Advent devotion, I can't recommend enough Walter Brueggemann's Celebrating Abundance. And he says this, Take as your Advent work towards Christmas this enterprise. Decrease, increase. Decrease what is old and habitual and destructive in your life so that the new life-giving power of Jesus may grow large with you. Decrease what is greedy, what is frantic consumerism for the increase of simple life-giving sharing. That's right. Decrease what is fearful and defensive for the increase of life-giving compassion and generosity. Decrease what is fraudulent and pretense for the increase of life-giving truth-telling in your life. Truth-telling about you and your neighbor, about the sickness of our society and our enmeshment in that sickness. Decrease what is hateful and alienating for the increase of healing and forgiveness, which finally are the only source of life. Advent basks in the great promises. In the meantime, however, there are daily disciplines, day-to-day -day exercises of Advent, work that requires time and intentionality. Advent is not a time of casual waiting. It is a demanding piece of work. It requires both the outrageousness of God and the daily work of decreasing so that Jesus and God's vision of peace may grow. Amen? That's right. In the midst of this increase, decrease, we can also hold the voice of Mary. Mary, a young woman whom the angel Gabriel came and said, blessed are you, favored one and tells her this outlandish idea that God has. And this outlandish idea asks of Mary to say a breathtaking, life-giving yes to an absolutely outrageous possibility. The yes comes before Christmas. So in this Advent, I invite us all to listen for those outrageous invitations that God is offering to us as we kindle the passion for compassion, for solidarity, for living in a way of generosity that frees us evermore into this life of love. We can choose whether or not to say yes. But I can promise you, my brothers and sisters, that the power and the presence of God in your lives is activated by that yes. So during Advent, may we find time to be still, to be quiet, to hear that invitation of the Holy One that may be as soft as the sound of a breath into answering with the whole of our beings with an outrageous, glorious, life-giving yes.